A coach empowers, it pushes and it inspires people to want to be better. We really meet them kind of where they are and then push them just a little bit further to be in what we call a warm seat. And that is where growth happens, where your senses are heightened. You feel a little bit nervous, you get the butterflies and then you take action in that moment so that when you do take action in the real world, those butterflies have already happened. Hi, I'm Sanira and I'm a mom of two a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a nine-figure business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit a million in revenue. And I'm on a mission to change that because we should all feel empowered enough to run our lives like we're the CEO. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way. Now, I'm sharing it all with you so that you can join us as we discuss the mindset money, and marketing secrets of the women who have bet big on unconventional paths to their version of success. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Good morning, everyone. This is Sanira Madani, your host of CEO School. I am so thrilled this morning to welcome two incredible co-founders, of Guide Culture. Catherine Schubert and Macy McNeely are joining me today. They are two dynamo powerhouse women. And if you do not follow them and all the things that they teach on sales strategy and just getting your voice out there to get your customers to buy from a place of excitement and not from a place of selling. So I am so thrilled to welcome Catherine and Macy to the show today. They are longtime friends of mine, and I'm just so excited to welcome them. Welcome, ladies, to the show. Thanks, Sunira. Thank you. We're pumped to be here. I am so excited. We were just having some back and forth banter on a few different things. By the way, it's Saturday while we're recording this, and I think it's incredible when you know, I think I think a lot of the times people don't know what it takes to actually get the things done as CEO. And you guys even showing up on Saturday. I mean, I've watched the journey of guide culture for many years now. And the one thing that I will say that I've always resonated with and something that I think us three really connect over is the hard work ethic that you two share. And I just want to tell the audience that it's, it's Saturday morning. It's actually Catherine's baby shower today. And I'm like, what are you doing here on doing this? But their commitment to their company and to just getting stuff done that needs to get done is, is really incredible. So I just want to applaud you too, before we get started that I think that it's, I think it's incredible. It's so fun when the work you do actually makes regular quote, regular life things even better. Yeah. for sure. Like doing this was an exciting addition to the day, not mm-hmm. a well, let's just do it. You know, it's just so fun. There's also something to like momentum. Like we we already knew we were going to get up and get dressed for the baby shower. (laughs) And so it's like, Hey, let's just like capitalize on the energy being with people. And like, we're dressed, we're excited. We have the, you know, the brain juices going. So honestly it was perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's amazing, especially in a day where, you know, and I do believe in rest and I I do believe in balance. And I I don't want you know, it's not the, the hustle culture is not something that, you know, neither one of us promote, but also sometimes I feel like the internet is fooling you. If Mm -hmm. you think that it's all like mimosas and beach time and vacations, like Mm -hmm. it takes hard work still, like there is a true balance and an art and a science and you still have to put in the work. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Tell me something. What's really cool is like, I mean, you know, this Sunira, like your business is like a part of you. 
it's, it's not like a clock in clock out situation. I just was at, on at the beach this past week, just the last three days. And I loved like working inside of vacation. It's not even vacation. It's just part of you. And that's, what's so cool about like just what you do when it is a part of you, you use your rest time to be creative. Mm -hmm. You use the time when you are off to be able to think big and dream and then come home and execute. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's like, in that thing about hustle rest, like it's just what we were just talking about how, when you feel good, you got to get after it. And, and Mm -hmm. I know that that's what feel good. You got to get after it. I love that. We just listened to a podcast and they were kind of talking about that. And, and it's like, even when you work out, when you're working, like whatever, when you feel good, get after it, whether it is on a Saturday, whether it is at 8 PM on a weekday, like just lean in and get Mm -hmm. after it. Who cares? Like nine to five Monday through Friday, like we've got to get out of that. You got to do what's best when you, when you feel good. There's plenty of times where you have to push through when you don't feel good anyway. So you sure lean in because you're right, Sunira. Like it is not the mimosas are few and far between. I know that's like, that's like 5% of your life. Like the, the 95% is finding the work that you love so that you can just love your life. I love it. Tell us a little bit about guide culture. Take us back to your history. I love when I see two brilliant women doing incredible things. And this is exactly what the show is about. So I can't wait for the audience to learn a little bit about what you do, your history and how you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's such a cool story. Yeah. I feel like Kat tells it better because, uh, I'm, I'm not so yeah. into it. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So literally 30 years ago. Okay. Well, probably 35, 40 mm-hmm. years ago at this point, yeah. we keep saying 30 for like years. So it's probably about 40 now, a guy named Lloyd day who happens to be Macy's dad. He was like wanting to get out of the the quote grind of the nine to five. He's like, I'm kind of like better than this. Like I want to create a life for myself. I have a beautiful wife. I want to have kids. And as he was starting ventures, like I think he was hanging blinds. He Mm -hmm. eventually started his insurance agency. And through all of these business ventures, he was like, well, one thing really was the thread that made everything work, whether he enjoyed it or not was not the case, but what made it work financially? Like what brought home the bacon and that was sales skills. He really realized that through personal development, you know, Zig Ziglar stuff, all these things. And then, you know, how many decades later, Macy Mm -hmm. is starting her entrepreneur journey after Mm -hmm. being in ministry for a few years. And Mm -hmm. she was sharing on Instagram, you know, stories, posting, being cute. (laughs) And he could tell that like, it wasn't working, right? Like there's posting and then there's like trying to actually make sales when you're posting, you know, and he could tell that that was not working for her. And he said, Mm -hmm. Macy, let me help you. Like I have built a business. Like, let me help you do this with sales skills. And what did you say? I said, dad, you don't understand. This isn't door to door. This is old. This is that's old school. Like dad, dad, let me tell you, dad. Yeah, he did. It's it's honestly so classic for it to be like dad, daughter, like, no, this is like, you don't know. You don't get it. Yeah. We're sharing now, you know, we're trying to be relatable, relatable, likable. Right. Yeah. Right. People like me, I can do this. And so gosh, that's a whole other thing. There's a difference in engagement and being liked as like a friend and being trusted as a professional. So with that said, eventually, I mean, Macy's entrepreneur journey was not going anywhere Mm -hmm. because the sales are what drive 
your journey, right? So she finally was like, Hey dad, teach me this. Yeah. Teach me the sales skills, which you didn't even call them that at the time. No, because I was at the point where having to go get a job, you know, like my back really was against the wall. I had no other option. And so I, I bought in. Cause there's one thing to say, Hey, teach me. It's another thing to mm-hmm. say, like, I'm actually going to give it my all. I'm going to surrender to the pop process. I'm not going to question you. I've, I've been, you know, I hadn't, I've been questioning myself this whole time. This is the least I can do is just go all in. And so that's what I did for about six months. And the way the process was, is he actually already had a sales training. He talked to his staff. He really wanted his staff to be a sales culture environment where people knew how to move the needle, like no matter what, right? Because all sales is, is getting people into action to take a de- make a decision. So whether that's handling people's concerns, helping them feel like really good about their, their decision and trusting them in insurance. So everybody already knew how to sell. I was like the one that didn't, right? And so once I bought in and I would go to his office, he would teach me, we would practice role play, and then I would go out into the world and use it. And I'd come back, we would kind of talk about how it went, what went wrong, what could have gone better. And we did that over a period of about six months. And I honestly, like Kat's really good at this too, like getting out of what everyone tells you to do, like get out of the Facebook group, stop listening to the strategy pod, like stop doing what people are telling you to do and just go in on one scale for just one second. And when I looked up, like everything had four X, my engagement, my following, my numbers. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the missing piece. This is the missing piece for so many people. Everybody is casually sharing their life, crossing their fingers that people are going to buy without knowing and being able to predict what the outcome is going to be. And if they only had the skill to be the professional and know what the numbers could look like with the skill, that'd be game changing for them. So I came to him and I said, Hey dad, like, will you teach this with me? Like, will you help me take this to market? He said, under one condition, under one condition that we create a place where people can practice just like you did. And in the moment I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. But then when we actually took it to market, it was like, wait, this is way harder than I thought. Like, let's just sell it and not like make people practice. Right. And he would not, he said, no, that is the number one thing that needs to happen. So we made it work. And of course it was like such a grind to get to that point. And one of our first cohorts, we had Kat as one of the students and Kat instantly bought in. I mean, instantly she had just had a baby and she'd be on our lab calls, which is where people practice and she'd have her baby and she'd be practicing and she was really going all in. And, and suddenly like she really got out of the Facebook groups, right? Mm-hmm. You got out of the, the stri- you kind of put your blinders on as well. Mm-hmm. And what's so crazy is she had the same results as I did four X, four X, the numbers, four X, Instagram, four X, the engagement like in, a, in a 90 day period, about. in a 90 day period, it was way more concentrated than mine. And once she started getting the results, like whenever we would talk, like we'd message on Instagram, she instantly kind of became a we. She was like, hey, this is what we should do. This is what we, this is how we should change things. I and love she, that. And, and I just was like, oh, like she's like bought in. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm vibing with this, right? <clears throat> and then we would start having in-person trainings. And this girl was like, I'm committed to come to every in-person. I'm committed to doing every guide culture training because I know that repetition is what equals mastery. And as the in-person started, she started to come, she would just like kept like in making comments at the in-person that were so valuable to the point I was like, okay, why don't you just come up here and teach? Because you obviously have a lot more value to give than, than me and Loy by ourselves. 
over time, she became so invaluable that she came on as co-CEO. And let me tell you something, that is when things started to take off is when this girl came to the picture. She's brilliant. Her curiosity is what has helped guide culture stay different instead of just go with the flow, right? And so that's kind of where we are now. Now we have had almost 900 students. We have a cohort right now of how many uh, labs are going on? It's 50 people, so it gets about seven labs labs happening. So different groups of people practicing every week, their their guide culture training skills in a signature eight-week program. And we do about, we do four trainings of 50 students each year and people sign up every day. And it's just the most encouraging, fun thing to watch people have sales skills that turn into life skills for them. That is so incredible. There are so many parts of the story that I absolutely love first that it came from your dad and you guys know how much I love my dad. I miss my dad every single day. I, I lost my dad for the audience that may not know we're recording season four right now. So about 18 months ago, I lost my father uh, to a heart attack and he was 57 and was so young, so young. But I will say that the amount of time that I got to spend with my dad in like the 33 years of my life at that time I don't think that there's very few that get to spend that kind of quality time with their dad, even if they live to be 157. Right. So I do think that I left with the most incredible things, even though his life was so short. And so I love that you got that skill set from your father. And, you know, when you said dad, 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 but dad, it really brought me back to, I would, you know, when I was starting stacks, I would get home and I had a baby. I had just had Mila and my parents would watch Mila during the daytime. So my parents would go to work we, I've always grown up in small business. So that's also a big part of like my passion for business and just watching my immigrant parents work and really try to pursue the American dream. But the only way that they could do that was through entrepreneurship. Neither one of them was educated. I was the first person in my family to even graduate college. And so I was building stacks and they would watch Mila during like during the day and I pick them up. I pick Mila up. And then it was like, my favorite part of my day was like, somehow my dad would convince me still to like, I just, I'd be so tired. It was like six o'clock. I'm driving home from downtown, picking up my baby. And he'd still convince me to like come inside somehow. I don't know how parents do that. And I'd still end up no matter what, like spending at least 30 minutes with him. But during that time, it, it was this like this business therapy every single day with my dad. I'd be like, here's what took place today. Here's what happened. And I'd always knock on him for like, but you don't understand like, but dad, like that, but dad. And what's incredible is like the wisdom and knowledge is generational. Like whether we have new technology today, whether there's a new way of how like things are functioning, there's definitely those advancements, but things that actually drive good values, good Mm. business strategy, like those things you can, like, those are generationally like that's been in time and history and war. And so I like, you know, it's an incredible reminder for all of us here today, listening don't knock the wise and the wisdom and experience. Like experience is something that we should all be learning from and not just what's like new and happening through technology. Like the greatest things that we can learn are from other people's mistakes and failures and lessons. And I love that, that, that part of that story really just like, I just wanted to pause there for a minute. And I love all the other things, right? I think that what you talk about and sales being a skill set, and then you turned it into this scalable program. Like I'm all about, like, we can all have, you know, services and build great businesses, but the businesses that actually succeed and make it past that million dollars in revenue or the ones that are really thriving at that point beyond is through scalability. And you found a way to not just teach one-on-one, you found a way to take 
this program that, you know, that you guys put together and created and turn it into a scalable system. You call, you know, you have labs going, you have 50 students at a time. Like there are systems in place to do that because there's only two of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that is what I want to dive into. Like, I think that that's just incredible how you were able to scale from cat being your first student to now being co-CEO and you guys are running. I mean, there's almost a thousand students that are, that have taken guide culture and it's growing every single every single, every single month, like people are signing up every day. That's just my, it's incredible. I'm so honored to have you guys here telling the story today. Yeah. What's cool about like the thing about how you're saying is generational. What, what we call that is just like principles. And what's cool Mm. about principles is that they're never changing. They never change. And one of those principles, honestly, is sales skills. Sales skills are timeless. And that's what I now know is that they overflow. They over, they start in conversation and then they overflow into technology, they mm-hmm. overflow into Instagram, they overflow into face, like whatever. We, we were just talking about how we're kind of working through a program right now. And the tech, the program is newish, but the technology has already changed from what the program originally was created for. And now we're taking it. We're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. But thank the Lord that we have sales skills mm-hmm. because the skills can overflow to whatever technology that we need it to go yeah, to. Yeah. If you need to take a step to the left or to the right, mm-hmm. if you know, whatever platform is like, irrelevant at the time who cares like mm-hmm. just apply the principle yeah so, so yeah. good so yeah scaling you want to talk about our coaches and stuff? yes it's all I want to talk about yeah let's do it gosh okay so Macy mentioned the phrase sales culture mm-hmm. you mentioned that right yeah uh in Lloyd's office was oh yes, yes yeah Lloyd's office was a sales culture meaning people can get bought in and that's how we see everything including our coach program so Gosh, when I first began, started my student journey, learning sales skills, Macy and Lloyd were the coaches. But as mm-hmm. you're saying, Sunira, you can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do, then like, you know, be, you need to just know that you need to be content at like the six figure mark mm-hmm. period. Right. And then and that's okay. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. But the impact that mm-hmm. we knew that was possible with coaches. So getting them really bought into what is the mission for our students. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can speak to a little bit of like just mm-hmm. what they hear from mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. to get, because it's one thing to, to like have a, like a kind of a checklist that you do mm-hmm. for your students. Like, Oh, just mm-hmm. check in with them, make mm-hmm. sure they're watching the portal, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. But our, the coach program, there's three coaches per lab. So we mentioned there's about seven labs. It's three coaches. So our coach program is about 30. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them is so bought into making sure the students feel like they win at the end, mm-hmm. that they have a little bit of pruning that mm-hmm. happens, right? We prune back what's not the best, mm-hmm. plant something that is encouraging, positive, practical for their sales skills. Mm-hmm. And then you, like you water it, you just keep going mm-hmm. and you keep making them do a rep. One of the things that we're known for is you don't just go once you go like two or three times mm-hmm. before you can walk away mm-hmm. feeling like, Hey, you like stretched yourself. You mm-hmm. felt the burn and mm-hmm. you really let your heart out on the line. And that's just like you were saying, it's not just about getting people to have a transaction and like quote, sell to them. It's about getting them excited and, and kind of emotionally bought into mm-hmm. what you're doing. So the coaches in every single lab, it's like you, Sunir, you could pop into every lab this week and be like, dang, like mm-hmm. those coaches are so good. Mm-hmm. And it would be a consistent experience in each one. Exactly. And I think what's important to note about co- like coaching, it's not teaching. Right. You've experienced a teacher and you've probably experienced a coach, oh, right? It's yes. two different things. The teacher is like, do what I say. 
don't ask questions, 100%. a coach empowers, it pushes and it inspires people to want to be better. We really meet them kind of where they are and then push them just a little bit further to be in what we call a warm seat. And that is where growth happens, where your senses are heightened. You feel a little bit nervous. You get the butterflies and then you take action in that moment. So that when you do take action in the real world, those butterflies have already happened. The shaky voice has already happened. The shaking hands have already happened and you've already gotten reps in the scary place. And you know, you can go do it now really confidently. And what's cool about a lab is that it's such a safe place where people can be shaky, but then also feel so encouraged and feel like they won at the end of the day. And our program, like nothing works without the coaches. Nothing matters without them. Like they are the Queens. They are everything. It is an intense process to become a master coach. It takes an entire year to become a master coach. And it's a slow process. And we have a, a head of coaches. Her name is Sarah Stapleton. She lives in Kansas and she is one of the best leaders I've ever seen in my life. She, I mean, she completely takes the program and run. Like, I feel like we haven't even like told her what to do at all. She cares about the heart of these coaches. She calls them, she has one-on-ones and makes sure that they feel empowered. And that has been like the greatest joy is just watching the, the kinds of people mm-hmm. that help run these labs and guide culture. The passion that you guys share, just talking about your business. Like, I don't even want to stop you guys. I'm like, tell us everything. There are so many things. There's so many questions that keep popping up for me. So a couple of things I want to kind of get tactical on and deep dive in, because we, yeah. we have, you know, you know, one, sometimes talk to me about like, what are some of your best tips on sales? Right. Because I'm like, oh, I'm a CEO. I can go hire a salesperson. So I want to kind of myth buster that of like, mm-hmm. tell me about sales and all of like the myths about sales and who does sales. Cause I feel like one of the biggest tool sets, the reason why my business is successful is because I've always been a natural born storyteller from the very beginning. And, you know, it's, it's influence, it's, it's persuasion, it's getting people excited about your, your vision. I consider all of that selling. Everybody needs to have those skills. And I was lucky enough that I actually had an in-field sales job, by the way. So before I started Stacks, I was selling payment terminals out of the trunk of my car. Mm. And I literally had to go door to door to sell like terminals, like these giant black bulky, like technology. I was like convincing retailers that like ethernet would change the game on the terminal. Cause it was still with dial up. So I'm like really dating myself of how long I've been in, in my, in the payments industry. Like it didn't just happen and getting rejected to your face every day is so much harder than getting rejected. Like I'm like my sales team, I'm like, you guys have, it so easy that you've got all the technology, you know, who you're talking to, you know, and you can hang up the phone if you want to. Um, talking to like infield sales is one of the most valuable experiences I've ever gained as a human. It doesn't even exist today. So I am a huge believer in sales. My entire stocks culture is what you call the sales culture. Like revenue is the number one thing in a company. If you don't have that, it doesn't matter how great your product is or how great everything else is because you can't get it into the hands and make that impact that you want to. So I just wanted to kick, give you guys a little boost on some sales myth busters, but I'd love Mm -hmm. for the audience to understand why, why is this so important? whether you're a CEO or you are that person who's actually contributing to the dollars. One thing is sticking out in my mind. I think it's because of a conversation I had this week, but I think a myth is that selling is when you're talking. Selling Mm. is when you're pitching, you know, that's the moment that you're selling. Mm. And if I have learned one thing from just growing a business and learning sales skills and all of it happening together and growing at the same time, it is that sales is actually understanding. Mm. 
It's listening, not just to respond and to say what you want to say and, you know, say your piece, but really listen to understand the person, because what I like to call that is getting the answers to the test, because you can't tell the right story and you can't cast the right vision unless you really understand who you're talking to. Mm. And that's the beauty, I think, of like infield training, uh, infield sales is so cool because you have that one-on-one component, same Mm -hmm. with DMs. But like marketing, right? Everyone's like trying to find the next marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And all I want to know is what's the market thinking? How do we need to understand the market right now so that what we say even matters? Right, exactly. That's what's so cool about guide, like the method that you learn is that you have all this knowledge and there's a way for you to piece it together based on the understanding that you've drawn from the person. Like you don't say the same thing over and over because it's not going to hit the same way with every single person, right? So when you understand you have a method, you can place the right pieces for the right person. Customize it. Customize it. I think another myth also, honestly, Samira, the fact that you like had the experience to be like door to door, everyone who does that is like, it's the best thing that's ever Mm -hmm. happened to me. I think a myth is that like you, you're a natural salesperson. If you can do that, you're a natural. People are natural born salespeople. That's just simply not true. But I get why people feel that. Like you look at someone who like is, has charisma and is like easy to talk to. And it's like, oh, they'd be a great salesperson. But that's not always the case. What's really cool about sales skills is that they are just that. They are skills and you can learn them. And the best way to get better at them is just to repeat them. And, you know, sales skills, they make everything easier. They make everything better. I was just talking to somebody who's interested in guide culture and she's just like, I'm so exhausted, like creating content and working and da, 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 da. And I'm like, Angel, like it doesn't have to be exhausting. What's cool about sales skills is that you know how to create content. You know how to talk to people that actually moves the needle. You're not throwing darts and seeing what works and whatever, whatever. It's empowering. What makes things exhausted is when you're not getting results. Mm. You know, that's what's exhausting. What empowers you is when you're getting results. And so when, and so I was able to encourage her is like, hey, there's a way for you to have the skill to come home and feel empowered and know exactly what to do, how to do it, what to say, how to say in a way that really moves the needle. Amen. I was actually reading a book recently called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might be familiar with it. She told this story about a sales team and everyone was like doing pretty good. But this one guy, the boss was like, I need to try to fire this guy. And he was basically like conniving against him to fire mm-hmm. him and come to find out it was like really the wrong thing to do, obviously. Mm-hmm. And come to find out this one guy tested on the sales team as the most natural salesperson, Mm. which was weird. So why wasn't he getting the results that everyone else was? It was because he was the one person they didn't invest in training into because they They assumed because they thought that his personality was so great. And it was. And so the, in the book, it talks about this experiment they did with him and really got into his training. And I mean, he doubled everybody else. So your natural skills are fine. Like they can definitely get you somewhere, but as personally, as someone who can quote, talk to anyone and Mm -hmm. is a little bit more extroverted when I need to be, I also know I can like talk about myself way too much. Right. Right. Like I know, I know that. And so it's just really harnessing your energy for Mm -hmm. good and persuading for good Mm -hmm. and and just helping the other person by Mm -hmm. understanding them. And Sunir, I think you asked too, like, why does everyone, you said as a CEO or this person, this Mm -hmm. person, like, why does everybody need sales skills? I think what's really cool now that I'm older and I look back and think about the way my dad really communicated with us. I now know our home was a sales cultured home. 
And the difference between that is kind of like the teacher and coach energy. It's like, Hey dad, I really want to go to this bonfire. I don't know if y'all had bonfires, but growing up, that was like the equivalent to like a party, you know, we're going to the bar. I want to go to this bonfire. And instead of him saying, no, your dad, go to your room. He listened for understanding. He said, Hey, okay, cool. Tell me a little bit more about this bonfire. Like what makes you want to go? Why is this important to you? And what he learned is like, Hey, I just like want to be included. I want to be cool. I want to go to school on Monday and people to be like, Oh, Macy, remember what happened on Saturday night. Right. And so he was able to help me see, help me understand that what's actually best for me is to do X, Y, and Z to, to re-divert my attention and find the good and, and something else other than going to this bonfire. Right. And what that ends up being in the sales culture home is like, I make the decision as the teenager to do what's best for the long haul not just for uh, that moment right there. And I think that's what's really cool as a parent, being a salesperson as a parent is that you can create that sales culture home to help drive the right decisions for your family. I love that. I love that you said even in your family home that that's part of it. And I agree. It's for everyone. And actually, while we were just talking, my three-year-old just interrupted us. It is Saturday. It is at home. And you two just became new moms or basically you became a new mom, Catherine, you already have uh, number, two. number two. Tell me about how you've scaled this business while, you know, raising a family. You guys are so young and ambitious and you're, you're building a team. You have a physical office space. Like there's, how are you doing this? I know that there's, I draw so much inspiration from seeing other working moms. Like, did your business change Macy when you had the baby? Like, tell me a little bit about how, what how your mindset right now was going through for you guys yeah. as, as working moms. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have less time. There's no doubt about that. And I think another thing is like, I, I feel like I used to come home and like recharge and you just never stop, you know, even when your eyes are closed, like you never stop being a mom. Right. So what's been really cool is honestly empowering other people to make decisions, empowering other people to lead because mm-hmm. they know like the vision, they know the heart, they know, and that's why what's important for us is like sell the vision, sell the heart, sell the why so that people can kind of pick up the, the stake and say, Hey, like follow me mm-hmm. because the people leading right now, like Sarah leading her coaches mm-hmm. is doing a better job than I ever could. Like there are people that are so much better than me. There's so many people that Mm -hmm. it's better than Kat. Our coaches are 10 times better than us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how did you do that? How did you get them to get, cause that's a huge piece too. Like, how are you getting, I think a huge part of scale is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? A hundred percent team is everything. How are you getting people to like really believe in this and growing this team? Something I can speak to with Macy is that she did not take any of that lightly. And so what, and gosh, it's so crazy. You mentioned wisdom, right? Like mm-hmm. a few minutes ago and it just, it takes wisdom, right? To like mm-hmm. go far. It takes kind of just like excitement to go fast, but to go far. So Macy, I've known her for years and I'm just like, she's always been thinking about this. Like one day, like someone's going to need to like pick this up and not because like she couldn't, but because like, that's the mission, mm-hmm. like it can be carried better with more people. So mm-hmm. I say that to say that it's, it's deposits over time. Mm-hmm. It's believing in people over time. Sarah, mm-hmm. the head of our coaches has been around since 2019. Yeah. And she started as a student. She was my, when I was a coach, she was my student. And then mm-hmm. she was scared. And then it was like, Hey, no, you're ready. Like mm-hmm. you're ready to be a head coach, mm-hmm. a master coach. And it's just step by step by mm-hmm. step in the patience that it takes to pour into people mm-hmm. and to believe in them. I mean, 
Sarah is one of the best people we know as a mom and a leader. And she came um, to our space in January and said, Macy, you're the first person to tell me I'm a good mom. Mm-hmm. But we see her as like the best mom in the world and mm-hmm. we want to be like her, but no one believed in her. And I think so much of like business right now is like, what is the to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the thing to do? And say, like, hey, who, what kind of leader do you need to be that people even want to follow you in the mm-hmm. first place? So good. Because everything else like can crumble. It's like a weed. You can just like pluck it out. has like no roots at all, mm-hmm. but you can really put roots down with people, for people, mm-hmm. on behalf of people. Yeah. And it's just like such an, mm-hmm. an honor. And Sunira, one of the things I love, the way that you articulate this on your Instagram is delegating and just like really impact and like making your business, like honestly function it like a business, you know, mm-hmm. delegate to people. And I don't know, you can tell me what you think about this, but so often delegating can be do this, like do this task, do mm-hmm. this task, but like, we are all human. Like we are all human who want to feel a purpose. Mm-hmm. So delegating a task to someone that's not, it's like, I'm too good for this task. So you do it. It can totally then- come off that mm-hmm. way. So that's why yeah. I just placing belief in them and just knowing that over time, the mission is just like, it's not just sold, right? Like with your words, but it's really demonstrated Mm -hmm. through like, whether it's philanthropy Mm -hmm. or the way that you conduct a meeting, the way that you talk Mm -hmm. to someone when you're making your latte in the office, like what is it, you know? And that actually embodies the mission way more than just like, Hey, go like make content for me. Samira, I think it's also worth talking about that, that leadership, that's leadership. That's right. Like we don't believe that we're in like the online course business. Like we're in the people business. Mm -hmm. You are in the people business. You just happen to do tax payment. We're Mm -hmm. in the people business. We just happen to do sales training. And that is everybody. If you're a plumber, if you are a mom, if you're like, you are in the people business. And that's why sales skills are so important because sales, all it is, is people skills Mm -hmm. and knowing people, understanding people and communicating in a way that it hits for them Mm -hmm. where they're like, wow, I like vibe with that person. I want to follow them anywhere. And so leading with that heart of like, I'm going to go like lead people and happen to do whatever I do. I feel like it's like Chick-fil-A. It's like their leadership company. They just happen to sell chicken sandwiches. So having that heart and that mission, that mindset is major. It's so funny you say leadership. I I mean, you're so right. And people will message us all the time and we, we get in our feels about what guide culture is, yeah. you know, as you can tell, we're, we're like sales is leadership and leadership is sales. Yeah. You know, like we're just we, it's like, what it's we're the same just, thing. it's all the same thing, but people will mess just still. Cause we try to simplify things and make it, you know, easy to bite into. And people will say, so do you teach leadership? And I'm just like, yes, yes. yes. you know, because it, it is, it is leadership. That is like, that is, that is what I feel like is my big message is like, it doesn't really matter what level. Like you, I ask Mila every day, she comes up from school and I ask her, were you a good leader today? Mm-hmm. Cause I think that like, as you like, and I think that sales is part of that. Right. Or like that, that to me is embodies like, did she care about other people? Did she like, was she, did she raise her hand? Was she, it was, it's not about being number one. Like that's not leadership. Right. Leadership is truly it's teamwork. It's all the things. And so that's something that we talk about, like in our family is just being good leaders every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other leaders. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that, this is also, people are like, oh, she's a natural born leader. That's not true. These are all skills and they can be learned. And I believe in running your life, like your business. And I think that whether you're a CEO of your business, like you should be the CEO of your life and not let your like life run you. You should be running your life. And I think that that's where women we get, even as working moms and we're letting life run us versus us running life. 
Mm-hmm. And people, I'm sure this is the question you guys get asked all the time. Like, how do you do it all? How are you doing all of it? You have a podcast, you have in-person trainings, you have a massive cohort that's constantly happening. You have operations for your business. Kat, you're pregnant right now. Macy, you've just had a baby right now. Y'all are working with like two best friends. You have, you're working with your dad. Like there's so much complexity in all of the things also in life. And you guys are managing it in a way that is so amazing, but it comes down to the fact that your life isn't running you, you're running the ship. Like you are guiding the ship and that's your guide culture. There we go. Thank you. You know, what's crazy scenario is like, when you say it like that, it sounds like a lot, but like the way I see it is like, we actually don't do that much. Like we have one program that is like our flagship program, you know, and we have like a continuation program. And then we have, you know, like needle movers, which helps people manage their life, manage their time, but like really focusing, doing less and obsessing and going deeper instead of wider that has helped so much. Like just staying, it's so easy to like create all this different stuff for like all your people, because you know, you have people that love you and will buy from you and like, no matter what, and that's great. But what's so cool about mastery is like, you can't master multiple things. You can only master one. And so choosing and being disciplined and like, Hey, we are like one person that we're going to focus on one thing that like matters the most. And that is sales skills. And I love it through guide culture. So yes, it's a, it sounds like a lot, but like, it's not like we keep it really tight around here. Like we stay in our lane and, and just go deep. Yeah. And then just to, I guess, speak to all the complexity and babies and that and help getting help and delegating. It's so interesting because we talked a little bit about the rest and hustle, just like starting out this podcast. Mm-hmm. But when you do have the one skill, you know, and, and really the one heart, mm-hmm. it's energy management it actually makes sure. your life way easier. Cause it's not like, well, Hey, do, how do I talk to my nanny? Okay. Well then how do I talk to my husband? Okay. Well then how do I talk to my kid? And everyone's, your brain is jerking you around with like, well, what do I say? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, th- these are all people. So you right. can lead place belief and, and really cast vision for anybody mm-hmm. based on, you know, their place in your life. And it makes all the relationships better mm-hmm. and it makes the things run smoother. So it's funny how it just all works together. That's why Macy was like, mm-hmm. it, like life is easier. How do you like demonstrate that? I don't know, but she's the best, like in I hate to even say instruction giver. I don't mean it like that, but like people need instructions. Like we just do. Mm-hmm. And she has this amazing nanny who I believe is like only as good as she is because Macy has empowered her mm-hmm. to love her. You know, I guess he was six months old. My angel boy. Yeah. Her, your angel. So mm-hmm. it's just amazing how much better life is when people are empowered and bought That's in. Good. I love that. Absolutely. Ladies, this has been so phenomenal before we end the show and tell everybody where we can support you ladies and sign Mm -hmm. up for guide culture. I want to play a quick round of rapid fire. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing that this season. I'm really enjoying it, getting to know our CEOs and just a little, you know, a little bit of fun. So are you ready? Oh, yes. Okay. Amazing. You guys can answer at the same time. I don't really care. Like, (laughs) let's do this. I want to see, I want to see this, uh, how it comes out. All right, ladies, dog or cat? Dog. <laughs> high tech or low tech? High tech. I don't even know the, the difference. Technology? Technology? Yeah, high high tech. tech or low tech? Yeah. Like, are you like a gadget person? Yeah. Or yes, high tech. Sure. Yeah. Apple, like, Apple TV till I die. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. High tech. High tech. Okay. Work hard or play hard? Both. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Honestly, work, work is hard. Play. That's what I was going to say. I just went to the beach and I couldn't wait to get home and get back to my life. So. <laughs> oh, work hard. Okay. Red or white wine? Red. Red. 
<laughs> you guys are so on the same page. I love it. A favorite book or a podcast you guys are listening to? No BS small business. Yeah. <laughs> we just started reading. Uh, it's called No BS Small Business Book, right? Mm-hmm. It is probably one of the best books I've read in a really long time. Casey no Becky. BS Small. Okay, we'll link that. No, no Honestly, BS. He's in the payment industry also, payment recovery. So okay. it, is, it is one of the best books. Gravy. Yeah, the owner of Gravy. I know him. I didn't know he wrote a book. Oh my gosh, it's so good. No way. I know Casey. Yeah. (laughs) That is so, oh my goodness. That's so exciting. He's local to us. He lives here where we live. You guys are in in, in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. OMG. Okay, I'm dying right now. That is so awesome. Way to go, Casey. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. You need to have him on your podcast. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, ha- I haven't had men on my podcast and I, I don't know if we're ready to break the rules yet or not. You need so. to him. He's worth it. There are, there are some men, like there are some incredible men that are totally worth it that I want to learn. And I want to mm-hmm. empower these ladies to, to learn yeah. from as well. So we may have to break the rules. Let me know on Instagram. If you guys think we're ready to, to, to break the rules and, and let the boys come play. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep, let's get back to it. Okay. That's awesome favorite female inspiration could be from history or, you know, somebody that you like really look up to Sarah Blakely for me. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'll let you take that one. Sarah she, Blakely. Till I totally, die. When you were talking about the trunk stuff, I was like, yeah, that's so Sarah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Amazing. That's it's so incredible. She's one of mine as well. Do you guys have a word of the year for this year mm-hmm. or like an affirmation? That's just like, you're just really playing right now. Mm-hmm. It is so unsexy. Sanira, you're going to laugh. Yeah. My word of the year is specific like to get (laughs) to get specific it is so like think about how like quote saturated things are like no one no one needs to hear that they're overwhelmed and that they need you know what's another word they'll just general it's like a wandering generality and like when people can be spoken to specifically Mm because they're understood yeah that's when everything changes yeah their identity as a mom of three right Mm -hmm. versus oh like you're an overwhelmed mom Mm -hmm. it's like i I don't know it's just like casey grant we were just talking about is incredibly specific like his linkedin profile is like i write an email to 2456 leaders every week like just that number the specific number you can see it you like feel it you're like man i could be a part of that number being specific makes all the difference in the world mm-hmm. okay love it specific and yours macy honestly you said affirmation in my daily deposit every day i write i'm a leader because that i love is, that like, always want to be somebody worth following I love that. I, I write that as well. And, you know, favorite pizza topping is how I'm going to end it. Pineapple. Pineapple. I know. I really, oh my gosh. I really like it. <laughs> I'm not that much of a pizza gal, but I could get down. That's why I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so funny. I don't like, honestly, anything, you know, pepperoni, honestly. <laughs> I, can get I love pepperoni it. And pineapple. That's I know a good you combo can. right there. I, I like pineapple on my pizzas sometimes. I actually, I'm just like a basic margarita girl. I just like, I like veggies. I'm like a big, I yeah. love onions and garlic. Like I, I love garlic. I like everything that's like stinky. I like onions and garlic and yeah. that needs to be in everything I eat. 
Amen. Amazing. This, this was so fun. Just getting you guys back on the show and hearing about all the incredible things you guys are doing at guide culture. We have so many incredible things coming up together yes. uh, this year that I'm so pumped for. How can we support you guys? Where can we find you? Where can we learn about guide culture? All the things we'll be linking in this show notes as well, but I'd love to know how we can support each of you today. You know, we just did a poll on our Instagram to see like where, where people enjoy following us the most. And people say they love to binge our Instagram, our reels. We do a lot of, you know, just like how to, how to like change little ways to communicate. So Instagram is a really great place to come. It's at the guide culture. And we also have a podcast that I think is really valuable. Mm -hmm. People really enjoy it, but Instagram, we hang out in the DMS there like 24 seven. So just pop in, tell us what you loved about the episode. We'd love to connect and say, Hey, amazing. We'll be linking all of that. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday morning at your baby shower (laughs) with us today. We are so honored until next week, ladies at CEO school. Hey there. If you enjoy this week's episode themes and want to go deeper into concepts on mindset, money, and marketing, download our freebie with the five secrets that helped me scale multiple companies to seven figures and beyond. These are the exact skills that will help you get you to your next level. Find it on CEO School's bio on Instagram at CEO School. If you love today's episode, leave us a review. This is how we grow and reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. Tell us what you loved about the episode and you'll be entered to win one ticket to our Women in Business Conference this September in Orlando. I can't wait to see you.